pray with me. Oh, gracious and holy God, as we settle into this time and space, uh, Lord, may we do it with grateful hearts, thankful for time set aside to be in your presence, uh, to be before your word. And Lord, may we also do it with expectant hearts, hearts ready to hear, hearts ready to see, hearts ready to receive uh, the word you have to share with us this day, the peace you long to offer us. It's in your name we ask these things. Amen. Our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, the first chapter. Let us listen to God's word for us this day. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. And then the angel departed from her. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leapt in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowly state of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Indeed, his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He's brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has come to the aid of his child Israel in remembrance of his mercy, 
according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and then returned to her home. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. So last week, we looked in as the angel Gabriel visited Zechariah, a priest about his work in the temple, to tell him that he was to have a son, John, who was to prepare the way of the Lord. This week, the angel Gabriel is back at it again. This time, though, we meet him not in the temple of Jerusalem, visiting one of the religious leaders of the day, but in a much more unlikely place, as he appears to a much more unlikely person. We meet Gabriel today not in the capital of Israel, Jerusalem, but instead in the tiny, off-the-beaten-path village of Nazareth. He appears not at the heart of the high holy place of Israel to an old and experienced priest, but instead at just an ordinary village home to a young and unsuspecting woman. Both times he comes with news of a baby, but to Zechariah it is delivered to a married man who has longed for a child for decades. Mary is unmarried. And the news of this baby puts her reputation and her betrothal at risk, which in her time is a true risk to her very livelihood. While there is so much that is the same about these angelic appearances, there is also some really important things to discover when we pay attention to their differences. It is significant that from the very beginning, God wants us to know that Jesus' coming is not just for the usual suspects. That the good news his birth will bring will not be contained to the temple and the religious elites, but was truly good news for all people. From the very beginning, God makes it clear that Jesus was sent to be in relationship with all kinds of people and that anyone, even the most unlikely, unsuspecting person, can and will have a significant role in God's kingdom. The contrast between the Jerusalem and Nazareth, Zechariah and Mary is set so that we might take in the inclusiveness of God's gift to us in Jesus so that we might realize the inclusiveness of God's call to us through him. No one is outside the bounds of God's love. No one is outside the bounds of God's call. We all belong. We all have a part to play in God's story. The other contrast that is fascinating between these two stories of this season is the difference between Zechariah and Mary's reaction to the angel. Zechariah is overwhelmed by fear at the sight of the angel, while Mary is perplexed by the angel's generous greeting and ponders it thoughtfully. While Zechariah, in his questioning and anxiety about the angel's news, has his voice taken away, leaving him forced to do more pondering on his own to come to term with God's plans for him, Mary keeps her voice, and in response to this news that would have put so much of her life at risk, 
simply says this in response, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Dr. Marcia McPhee, a professor, preacher, and worship designer, offers this reflection on Mary's response to the angel. We spend so much time wishing things were not the way they actually are. Our ability to creatively see how God might be working within our undesired situation is so often diminished by all the energy we spend on denial of what is or passively waiting for things to change for us. Peace comes when we accept what is and are able to use our energy to live into what's next. When we think about what is in need of peace in our lives and world, the peace we long for within, the peace we wish existed in the relationships in our lives that are strained, the peace our world so desperately needs. It is easy to give up hope. It is easy to fall into denial or cynicism or even despair. Yet Mary shows us a different way. She accepts what is, is able to live into what's next. But it is her cousin Elizabeth who helps us see exactly what leads to that acceptance and to that living for Mary. Scripture tells us that it's not long after the angel's message to Mary that she heads to her cousin Elizabeth's house with haste. Just to make sure we are all connecting the dots here, this is Zechariah's Elizabeth pregnant with John. The angel had used Elizabeth's pregnancy in her old age as evidence for Mary that nothing is impossible with God, and we get the sense that Mary longed to see that evidence in the flesh, and that she also longed to be connected to another who was on a similar journey. When Mary enters Elizabeth's house and greets her, Scripture tells us that Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit as her child leaps in her womb. And then she speaks this blessing over Mary. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. There it is, right at the end of Elizabeth's words. The reason Mary is able to accept what is and then use her energy to live into what's next. She believed, she trusted that what God promised would be, would be true. That trust frees her from denial, cynicism, and despair. That trust allows her to live, to live into God's purposes for her, to live into what was next for her, to live with peace despite the risk and uncertainty that lay in the road ahead. Willing to do just that, she finds peace not only for herself, 
She is the one who bears the Prince of Peace into this world. So Bryn and I have been reading a book we picked up at her school book fair last month together. It's Wild Oak by C.C. Harrington. It really isn't my role to provide Christmas gift suggestions to you, uh, but this is a wonderful first novel by an author I hope the world hears more of over her years. In it, there is plenty of turmoil surrounding both of the story's central characters. Maggie, a young girl with a stutter who is struggling to find her place in the world, and Remus, a young snow leopard who is struggling to do the same. I'm not about to try to communicate the ins and outs of a 300-page novel to you this morning, but the story kept coming up for me this week because it is one where more peace is needed and longed for on so many different levels and in so many different ways. Maggie faces inner turmoil as she longs to find and trust her voice. Her father wrestles with PTSD from his time serving in the Great War and struggles to truly see and love his daughter for who she is, threatening instead to send her away to an institution. There's turmoil between her parents and her estranged grandfather over a disagreement about the war that kept them apart for years until Maggie's mom convinces Maggie's dad to see what the fresh air of Maggie's grandfather's place might do for her. Upon arriving there, Maggie is immediately taken by Wild Oak, a magnificent forest that borders her grandfather's house, but soon learns that it is about to be torn down by its owner, so it first can be mined for copper, and then later so it might become a shopping mall. Her explorations of Wild Oak lead Maggie to Remus, the snow leopard, who has been discarded there by a wealthy socialite who had received him as a luxurious gift. Remus's life is threatened in three different ways as the story unfolds. As Maggie bonds with him, his turmoil becomes her own as she seeks to save her newfound friend. My hunch is that all of us are not all that unlike Maggie, that we too find ourselves longing for peace, peace in response to our inner turmoil and the strained relationships in our lives, peace in response to the turmoil that plagues our world in so many different ways. As I read the last pages of Wild Oak to Bryn this week, I did it through tears. Because by the story's end, not all of the problems of the world had been solved. But a young girl had come to realize that her voice had power just as it was. And in the face of destruction, new life had been planted, hearts had been changed, lives had been saved. A young girl had taken incredible risks, believing and trusting in the power of love. And while she still lived in a world where majestic forests are torn down so shopping malls might be built, that world was better, different, 
because she was willing to keep living into her what's next, even in the face of what is. Maggie's story is like Mary's in that they both remind us that in the face of the world's problems, God has always chosen to work through us. And the us here is so expansive. From Zechariah to Mary, we are reminded that we all belong and that we all have a part to play in God's story. We can look at the story of our lives, our relationships, this world, and turn toward denial, to cynicism, or despair. But each of those paths only serves to take us out of the game. They relegate us to the sidelines of God's activity in the world. If instead we follow Mary's example, accepting what is at the exact same time we trust God's promises of what will be, then we too can be a part of bearing more peace into the world. Amen.